When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We moved my parents out of my home, my childhood home, because it was so dilapidated that it just wasn't safe for them to live there anymore. That was gone, and that home meant a lot to me and created who I am today. And I just went back recently, and the house was torn down, which I knew, but it had turned into a lot filled with trees and bushes and hedges, and it became almost like a jungle or a park. And we just happened to go by when they were tearing down all the trees. So now it's just a big, empty lot. A guy's going to build there. I think he's probably a speculator that he's going to build and sell. And I always thought maybe I could make it back and make it into a park, you know, dedicated to my parents. But now it's, it's done. Previously in Greater Boston. Can I just go to jail now? Take him away, boys. Mr. Chelmsworth? Professor, I'll just leave the train. For me? The city is raising your rent. They're trying to price you out so they can install some Legion subsidiary chains. You and Isabel and the others need to meet and talk and hammer out a good system that represents everyone. It's finally date night, my love. Your mare awaits. Shall we? This week in Greater Boston, episode 37, King Nero and the Great George Wombwell. Emily was displeased. Her date with Ethan had been ruined by the constant starting and stopping of the train their restaurant was on, stalled endlessly by the exodus. Waiter, this is ridiculous. How do you expect us to eat when your restaurant insists on lurching about like some drunken Irish day laborer? I've attempted four bites of this pistachio-crusted lamb chop and have accomplished nothing other than nearly shoving it up my nose. I, um, I apologize, ma'am. Go see what the trouble is, and if there's anything in front of us, clear it out of the way. Uh, you mean, like, on the tracks? Fast as the rabbit on my plate, you are. I'm just a waiter. And I'm just your mayor, and this is just your job, which you're just about to lose. And this is just your tip, which is about to just go back into my pocket. I'll see what I can do. The train ride didn't get any better, and neither did dinner. When Emily discovered that the cause of the delays were all the people she hoped to kick out of their rail homes, leaving Redline en masse, she was furious. Nika, what's happening? Why are they all leaving? Um, because you kicked them out? But they're not supposed to leave until I have the honor of dragging their soiled dungarees across the filthy station floors and ejecting them into the blisteringly cold night with my own two hands. I guess they didn't want to wait for that. And when Ethan found out that the members of the Exodus were finding refuge in Wonderland, he was furious too. A colony of thieves will soon find themselves stolen from safety and comfort. 
I will rob them of the very security they feel stepping on the ground in front of them. I swear it. Emily was concerned with Ethan's preoccupation with Wonderland and his reluctance to let it go. We don't even own that anymore, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch. But Ethan was inconsolable. And when he found out Oliver had allowed Dipshit, uh, excuse me, freed friends to escape, well, that was that. He locked himself in his lab and continued his experiments with the crystal ball, using one of his robotic creations as a substitute for the departed freed friend. He didn't speak to anyone, not even Emily. That useless windbag Oliver, he is through! Emily focused her anger on Oliver, talking to representatives of Legion directly, making sure to cut him out of the loop. And then, when the day her eviction proclamation came, she cheered herself up by taking a tour of the few homes still belonging to evictees who had not yet joined the Exodus. Please. We have nowhere to go. Oh, I'm so sorry about this. If only you weren't a filthy little mutinous traitor, you'd still be lucky enough to have the honor of being our neighbor. <sighs> Come on, honey. Time to do what we should have done three days ago and head to Wonderland. Tell them not to get too comfortable. They can't run from me. I'll evict them from there, too. I'll buy it back and burn it to the ground. But buying it back would be... challenging. Emily went to go break the bad news to Ethan. But Ethan did not answer her. He was close. Close to unlocking something that would make his robots a million times more efficient. He was close to something... Uh, something... Revolutionary. Sunday, ah. September 1. The future terror box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty days after time. Forget the open mysteries puzzle box. Is modern adventurous to the history of time. Prior to the railroad, Tuesday, time September 3. Check time appears from 9 to 5:15 p.m. in Boston. Evening on Tuesday, 47. The mayor of the mayor of the red line. Because we can't remedy them, they kept their own clock, their own local measure. Inquire about the chance of ever resting house air brick chaos. On the scheduling day, September 8th, if the train was to depart at 8 p.m. on the everyone in every city had long been obligated to agree on private guidelines at 3 o'clock. The train schedule was a magical thing. And so the railroads, as a result, made time, and they were proud and addicted. Option 8, 7 o'clock at every station. Event canceled. Every clock, due to science, a prophecy, due to the hells, that's only. And that definition of time, there's place our Saturday, whatever city trail. Colonies compulsion toward predictive certainty has seven holes throughout the The arithmetic repeats. They share the same code throughout the entire system, and if they're programmed with the right mixture of memories from stomatus, that's it. They're so perfectly efficient, they'll never be late now. The trains will run like a stopwatch. My beautiful creations, so obsessed with punctuality. Uh, I... Uh, I... Uh, I can't... I... I can't think straight. It's... It's as if I... I need to rest. I need rest. I need sleep.
Hey, Uncle Ollie. Philip, how did we end up here? Well, to be honest, I was getting really bored of just sitting uh, no, in the house. I didn't and mean. I figured it was time for I, me to get outside. I wasn't I mean, what asking was, like, a literal question. And yeah, <laughs> obviously it was a stupid well, a hypothetical idea. Hypothetical one. But I thought it would be uh, fun to mess with Louisa again, oh. distract her with little clues, send her running in circles. Fun. Yeah, fun. Is that what you were after? What's the point of doing all this if we don't have any fun, right? It was never about having fun. I can't even fathom what would cause you to come to such a higgledy piggledy conclusion. What's the point of it all, then? What's the point of it all if it isn't fun? I know this might be difficult for you to believe, but there are important things going on in the world that are completely divorced from the concept of fun. Is that what we were doing? Important things? Yes, we were doing work. Very important work. And your preoccupation with amusement has put that work in quite a pickle. Didn't you refer to what you were doing as something of a game? You said that to me like 20 times, Uncle Ollie. Does one play a game solely for fun? Uh, yes. At least I thought so. No. No, there's the nature of competition involved. The mental exercise of careful strategy. The thrill of impending victory. The status that that victory achieves. The rush a player gets when a new move presents itself. Possibly a winning one. Which is where we find ourselves now. I'm excited to hear about it, but can you tell me when I'm going to be getting out of here first? It's funny you should mention that. This little move of mine is related to your imprisonment. Isn't Emily mayor now? Can't she, like, pardon me or some shit? Well, a slight wrinkle there. I'm on the outs with Emily at the moment. The outs? You got her elected. Pumped your own money into her crap speeches. How can you be on the outs? It's complicated. But such is the nature of this little dance. You ask to lead, and then some rude so-and-so cuts in. Coupled with that complication, Emily wants a fall guy for the lottery. And since so much of the evidence points directly at you, she presently has one legitimate one. Not simply a fall guy, but a goddamned Olympic-level skydiver. But... But... We have something they need. Wonderland. Why do they need an old theme park? Emily's thesaurus-tongued husband is obsessed with it. And it's currently being used to house all the unwanted refuse that they have cast out of Redline. The property once belonged to me, but now that I'm technically deceased... Did you leave it on Autumn? Or Ada? Man, I bet it was Ada. How cool would it be for a kid to find out he inherited a theme park? Lucky little shit. I left it to you, Philip. Me? Why me? I believe at the time I made the decision, it was due to your preoccupation with the concept of fun. That and... When you asked before about the work we're doing, and why we're doing it, to me, so much of it is so that we don't end up on... on the bottom rung of a ladder, digging in the dirt to keep the rungs above us steady. I never wanted this life for you. 
I mean, here you are, rotting in a cell. Eh, it's not that bad. I'm hardly rotting. Nevertheless, I didn't want this for you. And neither did your father. You'd undoubtedly fail at running an amusement park, but you'd give it a good go, and it would be legitimate. But I am going to contact Emily and promise her you'll sell to them in exchange for a deal, a pardon, and being cut back into their plans. What about all that talk about becoming legitimate? Uh, Yes, well, part of the deal will be securing you a job of some kind. A real one, in Redline. That sounds boring. More boring than being in this cell? I don't know. I kind of like the theme park idea. Besides, I was pretty much on house arrest after the Octobuckle, and that was pretty much just like prison, only with an Xbox Live account. Philip, think this through. You can't run an amusement park from prison. Would be kind of fun to try, though, right? Please, take this seriously for a moment. I am. I'm... I'm not sure I want to do this, Uncle Ollie. You're telling me you'd prefer prison over your freedom and a steady, crime-free job? Well, no. But didn't you say there were a whole bunch of people at Wonderland now? Where would they go? They would go to a wonderful little place called Who Cares? I guess I do. Listen to me. This is your only play in the game. This is all you've got left. It's all you've got left. I'm not the one in jail. And I'm not the one who feels the need to get back in the good graces of someone who cut you out. Why don't you just threaten to expose Bespin? You backed her whole campaign, after all. If word gets out, she's sunk. Well, it's... It's... It's more complicated than that. She has the support of... Another... Entity. Like... A ghost? Like a very powerful corporation. Which corporation? It doesn't matter. Is it Lego? Or Disney? Oh, is it Marvel? Because that would be pretty cool. It's Legion, Philip. Uncle Ollie, you're crazy. Listen to me. This is how it's going to go down. I am going to meet with them. I am going to promise them that you will sell Wonderland in exchange for a pleasant, legal, nine-to-five job in Redline. And the ability to have considerable influence over the city for me. And that is how it's going to go. You're really looking out for me, huh? It is the only play. What are you going to do once you have influence over Redline? Wasn't your whole plan to bank off controlling and calling events with your media empire? You don't have that anymore. So what's the point of all this? What's the point of it all if we don't do this? Where does that leave me? A sense of sanity? Your life? Financial security? Your family? For Christ's sake, Ungali, you do this and you're really, truly, legally dead. What will that mean for Ada? Don't you think I've considered that? Follow my orders and you'll be done. With me. With all of it. I'll free you from this. Leave me to my own ambitions. Uh Uh-huh. And what about Emily's fall guy? What are you going to do about that? Oh, don't worry. I have the perfect person in mind. We are. We are. We are. We are. We are. In Redline Now. With Matt Damon. And Ben Affleck. We are. We are. We are.
are. We are. Watching as Matt Damon takes in the grandeur of a newly renovated rail home, once a seedy car apartment, now fully revitalized as a luxurious and fashion-forward car condo. We are. We are. We are. We are. Watching as Matt Damon caresses the brilliant faux platinum finish of the kitchen appliances. We are. We are. We are. We are. We are. Watching. As Matt Damon drops trow to sample the soothing comforts of an elegant platinum-infused memory foam toilet seat. What do you think, Matt Damon? Just listen to that satisfied smile. We are. 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 Legion. Dear Charlotte, I will keep this letter brief. I understand that you've little interest in hearing from me and may well decide not to read this letter at all. I could hardly cast recriminations for such a justifiable decision. But I hope you do. I know you're angry at me. I accept your anger. I know I have earned it. And I know what I have to say to you without excuse or embellishment. I am sorry. There is little else I can say, and even that much is meager recompense for the hardship I have caused. But I will not seek redemption nor absolution. I have not and cannot earn them, and any further attempt I make to do so can only cause yet further injury to people I have no desire to see hurt at all. But still, I am sorry. I have decided to leave. I know that will hardly surprise you or anyone, but this time is different. I will not vanish without warning. This time I leave word of my departure and details of my destination. I am not running away from a responsibility, but rather toward one. I am returning to Ohio. There is yet someone searching for me, and I have a deep yearning to be found, but he has not found me here and I have begun to fear that he never will. And so I will go to him. He is not in Ohio now, but he will be, and I will be waiting for him. You may find me there as well, if you ever feel a need to do so. Yours admiringly, Paul. There. That will do, I think. I suppose I'll need to buy a stamp. Yes, come in. Uh, hi. Mr. Chemsworth? Professor. Who, me? Nah. What? I'm just a guy. Okay. Let's try this again. I'm Paul. Oh. Right. Paul. Cool. I'm... Vincenzo. Ah, Vincenzo. I think we've met, haven't we? In the mayor's office, your Charlotte's assistant. It's rather serendipitous that you're here, as I have a letter for her. Yeah, I mean, not anymore. That was just a short-term gig while I figured some things out. I mean, I could take her that letter if you want, but I don't know when I'm going to see her again. So you're not here on her behalf, then? No, I'm a free agent these days. Just waiting for the right opportunity, you know? I see. So this is your place, huh? It's kind of grungy. What's with all these clothes hangers? 
It used to be a department store, Filene's basement. Was there something you needed, Vincenzo? Oh. Oh. Yeah. So like I said, I'm kind of between gigs right now, and like, funds aren't flowing, you know? I'm confused. Are you trying to mug me? <laughs> no. Nothing like that. Sorry, I guess I'm not really getting this outright. I'm just looking for a place to stay. And I just figured, if I gotta crash out somewhere, maybe I oughta, you know, crash with my dad. Your... That's why I took that job. You were missing, nobody knew where to find you, so I really thought about it. He's gotta show up again somewhere, right? So like, the question is, where? And I figured like, the mayor lady's really important to him. Like, she's his bestie or something. And even if he doesn't come back, she's probably trying to figure out where the mayor went. So if I got a job there in her office, eventually I'd find him. Or he'd find me. Or both. And that was some good thinking, because man, look, here we are. Wait, wait what? you were saying you're... Yeah. But, but Claudia told me she named him Jack. Well, sure, that's me, Jack Vincenzo Wellington. But only mom calls me Jack. Jack Vincenzo. You're my Jack Vincenzo. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think? I think I won't be sending this letter after all. It seems I'll be staying in town a while longer. Oh, okay. But like, about me staying here. Oh, positively, yes. Please, make yourself at home. There isn't much furniture, but it may be time I thought about buying some. Awesome! Thanks, man. Paul, I guess. BRB, gotta go get my bags out of the car. Oh my, this is it. This is my chance to get something right. Family Spirit Council Representative? Present. Particle Physics Vendor Mullen, present. We're doing last names now? For the purpose of initial record keeping and service to the burgeoning community formed by the integration of the family with the displaced peoples of Redline, as represented in committee by the selected members of the Family's Spirit Council, in cooperation with selected representatives of the aforementioned Redline community, said Amalgamated Governance Board, unofficially denoted as the Council of Wonder, I have decided to use full nomenclature for all members until such time as said members have achieved greater interpersonal familiarity and comfort. I think that's a very sensible decision, Clark. Thank you. Resuming roll call. Redline Community Representative? Present. Isabel Powell? Present. Grounds and Maintenance Committee Representative? Oh, that's me. Right. He, uh, he needs you to say present. Uh, present? Omi Ogawa? Present. Communications Committee Representative? Present. Melissa Weatherby? Present. Finance Committee Representative? Present. Fox Fossil Jenkins, present. Arts and Entertainment Committee representative? Present. 23 Skidoo, present. No last name? Uh, Skidoo. Oh. And Recording Secretary Clark Smith, present. The second meeting of the Wonderland Community Council of Wonder may proceed. Oh, I'd like to come up with something more evocative than community representative for our titles. Something that expresses the nature of our community. Something properly out of Wonderland, like... 
Mm, rabbits? Yeah. I don't think I want to be the grounds and maintenance rabbit. That comes a little too close to Bunny, don't you think? Okay, okay, I hear you, but what about Jabberwocks? I think I'm good with committee representative, if it's all the same. 23 Skidoo, I recognize and acknowledge your point that a community-specific name can impart a sense of unity and pride, but I think we can all agree that that's not our highest priority action item just now. With your consent, I propose that we table that discussion until our next meeting, but that we all take time independently to brainstorm proposals to be submitted for consideration prior to the next council meeting. I concede your argument and consent to tabling my proposed discussion until the next meeting. Discussion tabled. Action item noted. Council members to conceive and propose alternative nomenclature for community representatives prior to next council meeting. No luck convincing Charlotte to join the council. I tried. Believe me. She says she's happy to serve on projects and action committees, but her days in government are over. It's not because of me, is it? I hope she doesn't think I'd oppose her being here. On the contrary, I think it'd show up faith in council leadership if folks saw the both of us working together. I could talk to her if it'll help. I hope you do talk to her. Only because I think she'd like that. But I don't think there's much point in trying to drag her onto a council. Her mind is set. Nomenclature aside, I'd like to have some further discussion of council makeup. I was looking through the minutes of some Council of Spirits meetings to try to get a sense of some of what we aren't yet doing for Wonderland that we should be. In particular, particle physics, I was hoping you could explain the role of family dynamic spirit. Query open regarding council structure and organizational nomenclature. Oh, I'm happy to answer that question. As family dynamic spirit, my primary responsibility is to ensure interpersonal harmony amongst the family. That certainly sounds like an undertaking for any family. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely work. In practical terms, it means mediating conflicts, talking through problems, and making sure that everyone feels certain that they're being heard when they have something to say. Okay, so that's basically what you and Isabel are doing, as advocates of your segments of the community. I think so, yeah, but we're not fully doing that yet. Right now, as you say, we're advocating for our own segments of the community. To really be working towards a harmonious family dynamic, we need to be going the other direction with it. I need to make sure my people are fully grasping the concerns of Redlinians, while Isabel ensures that Redlinians are really taking in the needs and concerns of the family. Like how it's been our job to explain to Redlinians about non-binary pronouns and polyfamily structures, while particle physics talks to their people about some of the cultural appropriation issues that have come up? Oh, I see. Like a reciprocal advocacy. Eh, That makes it sound a little transaction-y for my comfort, but I think it expresses the core idea, so I'm willing to leave it there for the time being. Resolution noted. Clarification of terminology and role responsibilities of community representatives vis-a-vis family dynamics. What we don't have yet Is someone equivalent to your political outreach spirit? That's what we're hurting for. Action item proposed. Selection of political outreach representative. Our Anaximander is great at that, but I'm not sure he'd be as well suited to the Council of Wonder. His focus is very much on advocating legal and social acceptance for non-traditional family structures, sexualities, and gender identities with a secondary focus on animal welfare. He's still doing that within the Wonderland community, which has been important for smoothing the integration, 
but he'd be an odd fit for the kind of work we'll be doing through the Council of Wonder. You're the obvious choice for that, Isabel. It's what you've been doing for months. Isabel Powell, nominated. Exactly why I'd like to spend some time not doing it. For now, I want to focus on something I know I'm good at. Putting people into good homes. There's nothing more important until that gets done. Isabel Powell declines. Didn't Isaiah have someone in mind? He did suggest someone. Someone he trusts. One of the family, actually. Uh Uh-oh. I know who he's been hanging out with. Freed Friend Paletti. Freed Friend Paletti nominated. Oh, you'll probably want to reconsider that. Freed Friend is a teddy bear, but he's not really the right person. I have to be honest. For as much passion as Freed Friend brings to his missions, there's certain reasons we haven't elected him to public-facing positions. Okay, look. We all love Freed. But when he sets his mind to a cause, he doesn't always have a sense of... Scale, or self-regulation, or audience. His commitment and perseverance are extraordinary. Don't get me wrong, it's one of the reasons I love him. You set him on a task, and he is on it. He'll work that mission like nobody else, but... Uh, Well, let me put it this way. I know of at least half a dozen committed vegetarians who threw a haggis party as a direct result of Freed's efforts to sell them on full veganism. He's just like that. I realize you folks had some serious concerns of your own while all the business was going down in Redline. But perhaps you've noticed that I don't worry much about people finding my methods abrasive. Sometimes that's exactly what you need to make people realize you're even talking. This is the same guy we did that whole complicated rescue mission for, right? And you have my eternal gratitude for that, seriously. And who was in jail because he confessed to the lottery attacks? Yes, though apparently he confessed to far more than he was actually involved with, because he wanted to trade himself for Isaiah. Jem always had a lot to say about Freed. Freed? Though I can say her tenor when discussing him, softened dramatically during the course of Freed's imprisonment. I can only imagine imprisonment had some impact on his own attitudes as well. He certainly wouldn't be the first good man to find himself while in prison. There weren't many people who had faith in Isaiah's innocence like Freed did. For that alone, I had to raise the possibility. But you all know him better than I do. And if you say it's a mistake to nominate him for leadership, I have to trust you. I think he should still be considered for the committee, though. Freed friend nomination withdrawn. That done. I do have someone of my own I'm inclined to nominate. Someone of strong moral convictions, balanced by a thoughtful and open mind. Melissa Weatherby. Melissa Weatherby nominated. Oh, but I'm already representing communications. This would be much more public... This this sounds like a much grander role than I'm actually qualified for. You're only fooling yourself if you really believe that. You've served on two different political campaigns, and you're the only person here with experience inside an actual function in government. Political outreach is already an extension of communications. Just taking that job in a more pointed direction. Not that long ago... You walked into my office demanding to be my campaign manager. You knew what you were capable of then. I worked on two out of the three mayoral campaigns in the election, 
It was the only campaign I didn't touch that won. You try to make that out to be your fault and we're gonna have to have words, girl. Take the nomination. Okay, uh, yes. Uh, I accept the nomination for the role of political outreach representative. Action item, Melissa Weatherby stands for election to the role of political outreach representative. All in favor, say aye. 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 All opposed? Action item resolved by unanimous vote. Melissa Weatherby now stands as political outreach representative. Oh boy. (laughs) I'll do my best. Isabel knew what Isaiah was going to say before he opened his mouth. It was a feeling she fought ever since they settled in Wonderland, but she could read it on his face and posture. She didn't want to argue with him, but she would let him list his reasons for leaving. Insisting he jump to his own conclusion might make him feel like she wasn't interested in what he had to say. And she was. I need to talk to you on Izzy. I figure... The way you're carrying your face like that. Like what? Like you're gearing up for something. A fight, maybe. I'm gearing up to go back. To your apartment? To Redline. Yeah, I figured that too. The only thing I can't figure is why. You never lived in Redline. All that city ever did was hold you up. Why do you want to fight for something which never did you a lick of good? (laughs) You know what's funny? I don't know. I mean, you're right. The logical thing to do, the reasonable thing would be going back to my apartment, hitting the books, catching up on my classes, be a normal college student again. There's a small voice inside my head telling me, ordering me, to do that. But there's a louder one telling me I can't. Because that's not what I really want. And what do you want? I want to find out what happens when I listen to the louder voice. Just because a voice is louder doesn't make you right. And doing something dangerous without knowing where you're going, why you're doing it, that only leads to trouble. You mean like running for mayor in a train city and ending up leading a bunch of weirdo refugees in a theme park? (laughs) Yes, like that. And like running back into the lion's den after the lioness nearly had you for lunch. We're always in the lion's den. Here, there, everywhere. But there's a chance, a small one maybe, but a chance if we fight for it, To be the lion tamer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, that one got away from me. And you were doing so good, too. Come here. You know, I wasn't trying to talk you out of nothing. I just, I want you to be careful. As careful as you can. Be careful, but at the same time... Don't be afraid to flash those damn lions your whip. I won't. Thank you. For what? Always giving me something worth hearing. I don't know about any of that. What's your plan here, exactly? Gonna team up with Gemma. Couple others. We'll operate out of their real home. You and the lady who locked you up? She's... She's different now. I can't explain it, but she's changed a lot since then. She's got this look in her eye. (laughs) If they were here, your parents would be so proud of you. But not half as proud as I am. Let's hope I manage to do some good. Look around you, Isaiah. 
You already have. Isabel watched him leave. And she... I feel something. Something new. Unique. <laughs> like planting a seed deep in rich, dark soil. Damp and smooth, but also coarse. From minerals and the awesome possibilities of life. A seed I know will grow into something new and majestic, all on its own. I'll have sleepless nights about that boy, no doubt. But I also know I'll see him again. And when I do, we'll both be better off for him leaving. Even if in this moment it hurts. Lord, why does pride in someone hurt so much sometimes? Greater Boston is written and produced by Alexander Danner and Jeff Andreessen, with recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. Did you know you can join a Greater Boston Discord server? It's true. Come meet and chat with Greater Boston creators, cast members, and fans like you. Our big season finale episode is coming up in just two weeks, and uh, honestly, you might want someone to talk it over with. Link in the show notes are at greaterbostonshow.com. Thank you to extra special brand new Patreon supporter Derek J. May, who joins the esteemed rank of shoutout level Patreon patron, accompanied by Rasmus. You've both been given the key to Redline. Please don't lose it. It's the only one we have. A huge thank you to all our Patreon supporters, and you too can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash greaterboston. This episode featured Braden Lamb as Leon Stamatis, Sam Musher as Emily Bestman, Jordan Higgs as Ethan Bestman, Kelly McCabe as Nika Stamatis, Mike Linden as Oliver West, Michael Melia as Philip West, James Capabianco as Professor Paul Montgomery Chelmsworth, Chad Ellis as Jack Vincenzo Wellington, Jesse Hall as Clark Smith, Misha Stanton as Particle Physics Vandermolen, Jake Del Rio as Fox Fossil Jenkins, Jessica Washington as Isabel Powell, Julie Morozawa as Omi Agawa, Tanya Milojevic as Melissa Weatherby, Julia Shafini as 23 Skidoo, and Mario De Rosa Jr. as Isaiah Powell with Ebi Poaya as the waiter, Vilte Baluta Vashute, and Ryan Estrada as Redline Evictees. Also featuring David Reinstrom, Phoebe Joy, Jordan Cobb, Cole Burkhart, Fox Cooper, Tina Daniels, Christopher Dole, Todd Faulkner, Jack Peavy House, Alma Rotergill, Zane Sexton, and Alex Welch as Legion. Interviews with real Greater Boston residents. Charlie on the MTA by Emily Peterson and Dirk Tee. Go Tell It on the Mohill by Dr. Trudel. Broke Yeti and I Wish Boston Was Greater by Ryan Estrada. Episode transcripts are available online at greaterbostonshow.com. I just had about seven pancakes and about just as many slices of bacon. That's apropos of nothing, and that information is for no one, but uh, do with that what you will. It is 9.23 a.m. in the beautiful state of Alabama. I'm honestly just reading stuff off of my computer to get my vocal cords warmed up and ready to go to uh, to enunciate and perform the role of Clark as best I can. Since, since my mother doesn't enjoy me doing the part, I figure I should do it right. And, uh, you know... Succeed out of spite, which I think, honestly, that's the mood for 2018. Yeah? Okay? All right, here we go. Come on, honey, this really isn't funny. Let's do what we should have done and go to Wonderland. No need to debate her, cause she's the filthy traitor. She'd be lucky to be our neighbor, but too bad we effing hate her. Let's find an elevator. Let's split sooner than later. I wish Boston was greater. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 
Welcome to Magenta Presents, a new horror anthology hosted by me, Madame Magenta. We begin with the five-part miniseries Ghosted, starring Beth Eyre and Lucy Roslin. Perched on a rain-battered cliff edge is a former lighthouse. It's a charming, quirky boutique hotel. Owner and sole occupant Beth has spent months renovating, absorbing its essence into her bones. It's an old building. You'll get used to it. But to Beth's horror, her first guest is a figure from a past she has tried to forget. Kira? Beth? What the fuck? Face to face for the first time in years, the pair must reckon with old mistakes, old grievances. Beth, speak to me. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up! And something else. Oh, I can't bear it. What is that noise? Because the lighthouse has a past, too. Beth! He's right there. Why is there blood on your hands? We need to get out of here. Kira! (laughs) Kira! I can still see him! (laughs) Subscribe to Magenta Presents wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon, fans of the esoteric. Bye!